0: with a quick intro, we'll jump into part two of a testimony with my friend, Tony Lyman. So uh very, very short intro. You should absolutely listen to yesterday's podcast to get yourself up to speed. But if you, for some reason, are uh, are slow to do that, I'll just catch, get you ready. Tony is a uh, masterful musician. He's been a friend of mine. He's for a long time. He's influencing people in pedal now and just the Lord used music in his life to get him to where he is. And so we're just going to pick up now, Tony, you have a scholarship at Southern Miss at this point in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're just transferring over to USM. You are in band, you Mm -hmm. are doing well and God's going to use music to trans transition you into leadership and influence. But let's wrap up with the music Mm -hmm. from Southern. What happened? How'd you get from there to
1: here? Um, while at Southern, I uh, auditioned for a drum and bugle corps in in Indiana, um, and it turns out that this drum and bugle corps that I auditioned to in Indiana wins the world championship for the very first time, my first year in there. Uh, again, another being at the right place at the right time, and all the right people are there. Um, from there, I get to the end of my college time, and in my last semester, a couple of my roommates decided we were going to put a band together to go play at a frat party, <laughs> and uh, you know of which I was actually reluctant to do because I was an orchestral musician.
0: And and that band turned into King Konga. The
1: band turned into King Konga. Eight years later, um, we wind up playing Woodstock '99 touring all over the world uh, and wound up getting a record deal and um we got flown up to new york um and we we played for the president of the label they flew us up there we didn't bring anything they asked us what we we sent our gear list we walked into a room and everything is in this room as we play it on the stage we walk in we play we didn't get through The whole song and and the guy stands up and goes, yeah, let's do this. And he just walks out. People have been on Columbia Records for decades and they never see the president of the label. And here we are playing for the guy.
0: So, you know, you might imagine that when I was in college, I was not really big in the social scene. Yeah. uh, But I saw a few King Kong flyers up around. Yeah. That's a name that I recognize. Absolutely, yeah. All right. So president of the label says let's do this he walks out but then it gets weird yeah it got it got really
1: weird because I um, being in the mindset that I was in I remember walking down the street it, for some reason in my mind it, it's Central Park but I know it wasn't Central Park it's somewhere in Manhattan I'm walking down the street after this I'm like man this is about to happen and I literally go is God is this what I'm supposed to do is this it is this is this the thing? The next day, we get flown back, and the next day we have this gig in New Orleans at uh, Tulane University and um, outdoor festival. And I can barely get through this gig; like my heart turned to stone. Like I couldn't do it. I almost walked off the, off the stage. Something that I had loved doing passionately for eight years couldn't play another note of it. I called the guys up the next day and said, hey, you know how we got the record deal? Like, I'm done. Wow. I'm done. I'm supposed to be... Hmm. I'm supposed to be in Petal, Mississippi, influencing kids. I'm supposed to be doing that. Wow. Uh, The next day, I'm... Well, while I was on tour, whenever I would be back home, I was working with the Petal Drumline and marching band while I was in King Konga. Um... And, you know, they would try to make a big deal out. I was like, look, guys, I'm just the guy standing in front of you, you know, yelling at you to play better. You yeah. know, like, I'm not that guy. And and so I get back and and um, I, I failed to mention that in that last semester of school, I left my last semester to go tour with King Kong, which I thought was just going to be a summer and I was going to come back in the fall and finish my degree. I didn't finish my degree. Eight years later, I, after I do this, I come back, I finish my degree and I, and a band director, official band director position right when I finished my degree, which was just one year. Comes open. Wow! I went straight out of getting my degree to getting an official gig at Pedal. Wow! I've been there since then,
0: and that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. That I mean,
1: is. I mean, our band. If you're
0: listening to the podcast
1: and you haven't had kids in
0: the district, and you're like, okay, you didn't know like Pedal Band is a big deal. Like you're, you don't just walk into a position at Pedal Band. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you said no to the Columbia contract. You said yes to influencing the next generation of pedal. right. What are you doing with that? Because I, you and I have talked about how growing up in the Mississippi Delta, uh, experiencing, seeing uh, racism and just other mm-hmm. hurt, like mm-hmm. you, you want to see people succeed. You mm-hmm. want to see people do it. You want to see people find something better. Right. So tell me what you want to see. Like What are you seeing with your influence? How are you using it? Just give me some pictures well, of hope.
1: What I see are things that are common throughout everyone everybody wants first of all i think it's in in everybody's heart that you want to be heard you want to be understood and you want to be loved that is universal regardless of your color your age or your ethnic background or your circumstances everybody wants those things and what i was saying um you know because you know pet people Petal, petal is on a pedestal. Yeah, right. You know, not only just in Mississippi, but in, in a lot of ways nationally. Um, but but we all know people who live here that you know we're just, you know, rural folk trying to trying to do well, you know. And I saw a lot of the same heartaches and a, a lot of the same things in common with the kids that I was influencing or coming in contact with that I had when I was growing up and um and all I have wanted to do is say hey look it doesn't matter where you're from or what has happened before you got to this point whatever it is that you want to do don't let those things get in your way of being able to do that and that has been my ministry since I've been there um I also think that it is important because I teach mostly white kids and I get criticized for that a lot, you know, from, from some, from some people in the black community like, why don't you take your talents to the black community? Which is, which is very valid. That's a very valid. Totally agree. Um, but I feel like at somewhere white kids have to see an African-American person that they can relate to to work that angle of
0: it. Hey, I have a friend. I have a mentor. I have exactly. Tony
1: Lyman. Because the things they may mm-hmm. have grown up with or heard or may not have contact with, here
0: I am right here. So, Tony, I, I'm down with that. I mean, like, one of the things that I'll say, and you may have other things you want to mm-hmm. add, You know, but one of the things that I'll say is, like, um, as I look, as a pastor, mm-hmm. so I'll, the lens I use when I look at racism is that it's wrong in the eyes of God because all people are created as image bearers of the Lord, and you know in Ephesians the Scripture says that you know that Jesus died to make the two at that point it was Gentile and Jew to make the two one, to tear down the dividing wall, make the two one. Like it's for the glory of God mm-hmm. that human beings learn to love each other really, really well. And that we reflect him super well and that we tear down all these little, you know, the little false dividers that we've built, you know, including socioeconomic status or education or race or ethnicity, whatever. Right. So from the pastor's viewpoint, you know, I, I look at racism and I, I want to see it give way to loving your neighbor the, because I believe it would honor the Lord. I think it reflects God's kingdom. And I want, man, I, I just, I want to see it happen. So, All right. but the most influential thing for me in my journey, you know, because this is just something that like, I would have to admit that, you know, probably half of my life, I wasn't really engaging this. You know, mm-hmm. I would have just said, oh yeah, racism is a bad thing. Like it should be over. Right.
1: And it seems foreign yeah. because it, you don't, there's no direct, tangible. That's right. Instance I, with it. Racism. Racism. And, and and this is something, especially with the parents of the students that I teach, racism is something in their eyes, something that they saw, e- either read about in history books or see in a civil rights movie. Well, that's not happening, yeah, as long in as, that way as, anymore. Yeah, as long as it's not as bad as it was in the '60s. Exactly, yeah. then it's gone. That's
0: right. No 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 German shepherds biting people. In the exactly. But, but that's not the
1: case, and that's right. so. Part of this part of this journey, first of all, I feel like racism has its roots in the fear of the unknown. And if you don't have any African-American people in your life or African-American people don't have any white people in their lives, then you tend to make up. You just you fill in the blanks. You fill in the gaps based on... Anything that you know. You assume that you
0: know what they think. And, and I think when we're doing that, a lot of times we don't even fill in the bene- the, the gaps. When we fill in the gaps, we don't fill them in generously. Exactly. We don't give people the benefit of the doubt. Exactly.
1: So when when, when you have the influence and the, the personal experience with this person in your life, then when someone comes to you with nonsense, mm-hmm. then you go, oh, no. You have a no, real... no, no. no. I, I have those things that you say... Are not my experience, and I have real experience. What experience do you have? Well, I don't have any experience. Yeah. Well, then I have, I what I think is valid. Now, here's one thing I can tell you: I rarely, rarely talk to my students about race because I feel like we're living it. I think if you if you come at it directly, in some cases, in in the situation mm-hmm. I'm in, then there's more of a disconnect, but. I want them. Hey, you see how we're talking and get on. Isn't it like how you talk mm-hmm. with other people mm-hmm. in this dynamic, mentor to student? Mm-hmm. There's no difference.
0: So I totally agree. And and I'll say this for me: since during the time period of my life where I have been working actively mm-hmm. on trying to make sure that I'm putting those racial biases, racial prejudices to rest, that I'm glorifying God in the way that I love all my neighbors and mm-hmm. recognize that we're that we are image bearers. Relationships have been the strongest tool for That's me. That's it. Like, honestly, having having African-American friends that I love and trust and love and trust me, I, having honest and real conversations, you know, so what I'm trying to say is I totally affirm, mm-hmm. you know, that for you to have students that look up and say, no, 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 I know Tony Lyman and what you're accusing, you know, what your racial profile is, that doesn't match my friend Tony Lyman. That's mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. I think it helps bring some, ra- so I honestly think That, I mean, I know it's not sophisticated and other people are bringing, you know, they're bringing their influence in a good way. That's great. There are other ideas that are needed, you know, but from my vantage point, just where God's put me, like honestly loving your neighbor, which has to happen in a real Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the most powerful tool we have for... Uh, for undoing, you know, racial prejudice, and mm-hmm. for seeing us really learn to, to love our neighbor. So I love what mm-hmm. you're doing. I love
1: your approach. And I, speaking of relationships, here's one thing that I notice when you get when you get to know and love someone, it's re it's a long road back to to that nonsense.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and I, you
1: know, and and I'm in an interracial marriage. My my wife is white and we have a daughter who's 13. She's biracial. And one of the things that I noticed and this wasn't our case because, you know, but I've seen other interracial marriages where it was a big deal at first. But the moment that baby arrives (laughs) game over. That that's because you see a child of God you see a new life that that you can influence, and then all of the nonsense just goes away. So we focus on relationships and 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 tamp down some of these. I listen to the podcast where my my good friend Anthony McCollum calls them spirits, evil yeah. spirits. We can tamp down those evil spirits and just get to know people. A lot of this stuff clears up itself, and I, and I also want to say. Just kind of in closing, I never talk to my students about politics. I never, I, I that's a no fly zone for me because I think politics poison is an amplifier of racism. It, it I, I would say for sure, in the topic
0: of racism, it's a false hope sometimes, and a lot of times it's even worse than that. Exactly.
1: So, um, you know. I, I just I've heard a lot about you know well teachers have influence over kids and they can just tell them anything. I, politics is just not a place. First of all, they don't understand it because it's not to be understood. We don't even understand it as <laughs> It's just not to be understood. But man, I just try what what I have tried to do with those students over there is to get them to care about the people around them. And I set the bar really high for what we do to the point where I make some of the adults around me nervous because they're like, dude, you can't promise that. It's <laughs> like, oh we, we promise it and then, then we have to do it. Then we have to make it happen. <laughs> Look, we're gonna reach that. Yeah. And nine times out of ten we have. Yeah. If you if you set the bar high and you get everybody excited about it, yeah, you can pretty much do anything you wanna do. And that's been my um that that's my uh path to to that's been my my rally cry and pedal, yeah, and I'll continue to do it as long as I can.
0: well, hey, thanks for being a friend to me, and for sure, thanks for being one of the good guys. I appreciate the influence that you've had in a positive way on the students from Carterville who've been in the band and and the other students man, I love you and I appreciate you and i th- I think we're on the right track, honestly, I think that learning to love each other I think that honest relationships I think that's a key. So. We'll get there. We will. Hey, I love you, man. Have a fantastic day. All right.